0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to East Coast Haunts. I'm MK. And I'm Sam. And today we're going to be wrapping up part four of the Amityville Horror. It's going to be the ending to the Lutz family haunting. We're going to discuss if we think it's a hoax or not. Sam, I'm going to present you both sides. I'm pretty sure I know, not not that I know, but I know what I think. Um, And so I'm going to give you you know, the reasons for people thinking that it's a hoax and the reasons for people thinking that it wasn't a hoax. And I'm going to see what you think. And then we're going to see if we kind of are on the same page. As of right now, where do you stand?
1: As you know, because this is actually the third time (laughs) we've recorded this. (laughs) I don't know if we've been having like some demon, like something is messing with our, the, the platform that we always use to record has not been working. So we are on Zoom now. Um, and hopefully this will be better. But fingers crossed. You no, know, as you know from the last two times, I am slightly leaning towards this being a hoax. And I don't know if that's what I would have thought um, that I would have ended up choosing at the beginning because everything seemed super creepy and I guess kind of believable in the beginning. But the farther we get into it, the more I'm seeing that there was there was definitely a motive for uh money here because you know it became a book and it became a super successful movie. So, I don't know. I'm just I'm a little bit of a pessimist in this or a a not a pessimist. Uh I don't know. I'm I'm healthily skeptical, I think, of the okay. whole situation. So, but I'm open to it. I mean, if you present me with facts or with stories that change my mind, then I I will be also happy to say that I don't think it's a hoax at the end. So it really depends on what what you're going to tell me over these next couple minutes. That's very fair. Okay, so um since we have to do this on Zoom, we're
0: being limited time-wise, so let's just get right into it. Um the All last right. <laughs> the last we left off with George and Kathy, they had decided to bless the house on their own. They did kind of like an impromptu like exorcism which is really not a good idea if you're not
1: um
0: yeah exactly um (laughs) a five minute crafts if you will (laughs) exorcism where they just took their um their crucifix and they walked around the house in the different rooms and they were joined interrupted more so by a chorus of screaming voices screaming will you stop at them so not a great not a great time so they You know what? Yeah, you're right. At least they asked before uh sending in the, the big kahunas, as we'll see in this episode. <laughs> they send in like the the um what do you call those boys? Like the the big guys, the backups. What do you call them? Henchmen? No, I don't know. The the like <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. They send in the big kahunas is what's what's really the spirit realm has decided that it's done messing around, so they're going to send in their strongest players, is what I'm trying to Fair say enough.
1: here. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> so, um, let's go to January 9th, 1976, and Father Mancuso, oh, also just a note, I do know that Father Mancuso is not the priest's real name. It's readily available online, but I didn't want to share it with everyone because um, I didn't know if it was a privacy issue or omitted for a certain reason, so... If you really want to find his name, it's out there online. I'm just not going to share it on the podcast. So Father Mancuso relays the updates to the chancellors that we talked about in the last episode, Chancellors Ryan and Nuncio. And they agree with his brilliant take that the Lutz family should vacate the house as soon as possible, but to relay the message to them over the phone
1: bro i feel like they have had this exact cycle like 12 times
0: i it is very it's a very repetitive thing but the lutz family just doesn't seem to be listening to them so there's really not much these guys can do so kathy and george are now wide awake in their house they have not slept after their makeshift exorcism gone wrong and father mancuso calls and he he hears about their now makeshift exorcism and he warns them not to evoke anything in the name of Jesus Christ for fear of angering them and to just get the hell out of this house. But as he's giving this warning, George is interrupted by Kathy screaming on the other line. He has to hang up. So this is one of those things where you're like, okay, this is a little outlandish. Like this could be a hoax, but the walls had begun to ooze green slime
1: okay (laughs) so so you've seen in
0: ghostbusters
1: when they're running
0: around the hotel and um slimer is just like throwing up on the walls
1: oh yes
0: yeah that's kind of what i imagined this like
1: okay so it looks like jelly ew that's nasty (laughs) and what's worse nickelodeon's the kids sports (laughs) awards
0: exactly that's exactly what it looked like George like tasted it which I don't think I would recommend like you don't know what What that is you you don't know if that's poison
1: maybe give it a sniff but let's not let's not taste it because even if it's not something supernatural it's probably a toxin
0: or like sewage (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and he said it tasted like nothing so Kathy's had up to here she's like we gotta go which caused george to fly into like a fit of rage which was not like him so he ran into every room screaming and demanding that the spirits get out which woke the kids up and they all huddled with kathy by the fireplace and this whole outburst him running from room to room was also witnessed by sergeant al gianfredo who was on rounds in the neighborhood and could see him in the windows. So he was like, you know what? That seems like a family fair. Not going to get involved, but, you know, just make a little mental note of it.
1: Okay. So eventually... Maybe he should have gotten involved. I think they might... They might have just wanted to do a little wellness check, right? Yeah. Domestic dis- disputes are called in all the time, right? Like, why? <laughs> well, you whatever. Would... Uh, whatever. You'd hope so. <laughs> I so.
0: So eventually Kathy just went to bed where she was overtaken by a strong urge to bless the house. Again, she had to like kind of fight it. And George was reading the Bible in the living room and he'd begun to feel really hot. And that's when he looked up and he saw the flames in the fireplace reaching for him. So he gets up like to get away from it. And as suddenly as it started, he starts to feel freezing And he turns and he looks over his shoulder and he sees like a cold mist, like kind of the one that you would see on a cold morning, going up the stairs and leading into Missy's room. So he obviously runs up the stairs and he throws the door open and her room is absolutely freezing. All the windows are open and don't forget it's January. So he screamed and woke Kathy up who went to go check on the boys who were also in an absolutely freezing room. And they were quite literally, all three of them, freezing to death. Like, that's how cold oh these rooms were. So wow. parents grab them, put them in Kathy and George's bed to, like, warm them up. And they all kind of sleep together as a family. And from here on out, they kind of are all sleeping in the master bedroom. Okay. Safety in numbers. Yeah, fair enough. So January 10th, Kathy's mother comes back for a visit. And... Kathy wants her opinion um, on some welts that had been appearing on her abdomen, and they kind of appeared overnight, and they were, like, in the form of slashes. So it looked like slashes, but they were almost welted up like a burn, um, which is really weird. And then when Kathy's mother went to go touch one of them, she burnt her finger. Okay, this is, come on
1: now, it's time to go. It's, it is time, it's to been- get time to go.
0: And so, this is the start of like a severe paranoia for Kathy. She felt like someone was constantly watching her whenever she was like naked in her room. So, Ooh. I know, very creepy. And now, you and I are going to laugh at this next part just because we know yeah. now that this is like probably the last thing you should do if you're ever in a haunted house. But, um, it's the 70s. We don't really know a whole lot about demonology. It's not like a super popular like genre, you know. Really the first horror movies had just started coming out like The Exorcist was about to come out. Um Jaws had just come out the last year, but this wasn't like a very popular thing in like mainstream media. Right. So just keep that in mind. Um George went to the library and he checks out a book on demons. And he spent the entire night trying to read their names out loud. Oh. Pronounce their names.
1: Bro. George.
0: (laughs) Disclaimer for everyone listening to the podcast. If you're ever in an area where you think demons may possibly be present or even, you know, not be present, don't say their names out loud. Don't test fate. Same kind of thing with a Ouija board. You don't need to find out. Trust me.
1: Exactly. I don't want to find out. I don't need to find out.
0: This is, um, to censor my language a little bit, screw around and find out. They're about to find out. Trust. So, oh. so he, tells yeah. Mancuso, he tells Father Mancuso, who like obviously freaks out, and he's like, don't do that.
1: Get out yes. of the house. So, Father Mancuso. So is not getting paid enough. I don't know what no, his salary really is. No, he's really not. No. Yeah. He, this
0: man needs a long vacation. Um, Seriously. And so Kathy, who had been sleeping, she slept most of the day away because she didn't feel very good after the welts. She woke no sign of anything on her abdomen. And she had reported dreams of having an affair with someone who was not George. So... Candle interesting so it absolutely begins downpouring and kathy asks danny to go upstairs and shut the sewing room window and it slams down on his hands so he screams out in pain they're like we got to take him to the hospital you know and his fingers were actually crushed to the point that they were flat so like oh my god from a window Yeah, from the it was a very heavy window, like a very heavy window pane. So they take him to the hospital, and despite these fingers being like as close to two-dimensional as fingers can get, he had absolutely no broken bones.
1: Isn't that weird? So then how were they two dimensional? Right?
0: No one knows.
1: And it like
0: supposedly sort of like healed itself like, on the way back from the hospital.
1: So, just, like, the welts on Kathy's abdomen? Exactly. That is very, very strange. strange.
0: So, next day, January 11th, 1976, George is awoken at 6.30 a.m. to rain on his face. The entire family had slept through every single door in the house, torn off its hinges, and every single window in-house the smashed oh wow and the family had discussed the previous night about finally leaving the house and now this has completely delayed their departure because the rain has soaked through everything and they need to repair it so now they're working as a family to repair the damage and all of them are kind of like pissed off now and they've kind of taken on an air of defiance like how dare these demons tell us what to do and even harry the dog who had been kind of like sleepy and kind of lazing about um ever since moving into the house he was the most alert and on watch they had been since they moved in
1: wow so i'm wondering at this point like whatever entity is in this house like does it want them to stay at this point or doesn't want them to leave because now it seems like they want to keep the keep the family there
0: it does kind of seem like there's opposing forces there so to me it seems like the spirits want them out and it seems like a demonic presence wants them to stay so it can kind of like feed off their energy does that make sense okay
1: that's yeah, that what sense. my
0: speculation would be for this house okay all right thank you of course. So George had spoken with George Kekaris, who is the guy from the Paranormal Institute that he had called upon Father Mancuso's right. recommendation. And he suggested using Harry as kind of like a paranormal activity detector. So they walked around the house with him on like a lead and he refused to enter three rooms. Do you want to guess what three rooms they are?
1: Yes, I would love to guess. Is it the sewing room?
0: yes that's one of them
1: uh the red room yep and like maybe the oh what was the third was there another one upstairs that was kind of sketchy was is yeah. it the room that jody was in maybe yes
0: missy's room you got okay. them great
1: very yeah. good thank you
0: so that kind of freaked the parents out so the whole family fell asleep in the master bedroom and they quickly fell asleep great okay so yeah. A little bit after midnight on January 12th, George was shoved awake by his entire family claiming that he had been screaming in his sleep that he was coming unglued. Which is a very Ooh. weird... That's a very weird phrase to use. Sleepwalking or not... or sleep talking and not sleep talking. Like, sir, What
1: do you mean by that?
0: <laughs> no idea. But he's coming unglued. Okay. Interesting. So Miss... No, <laughs> Missy pipes up and she's like, Daddy, come to my room. Jody wants to talk. Enough! <laughs> Enough. So Missy, Missy's like
1: a little bit annoying, low-key. She, she
0: kind of like exacerbated, I think, some of the problems in this house, but it wasn't her fault. She was just a little girl. Yeah, she I guess she was like of, a child. <laughs> she was like, Oh my god, this house that I moved into has a magical talking pig. Sleigh
1: um (laughs) cool exactly what she was like (laughs) exactly so she's
0: like dad come to my room Jody wants to talk to you and her dad remember has not talking talked to uh like the mom so much about this pig other than when they saw the glowing red eyes
1: outside
0: but now they're kind of like in the same room and missy's explaining who jody is and both of them kind of make the connection to when they saw the like glowing red eyes and the hoof marks outside in the snow so george runs to her room where she's waiting for him and he's like i don't see anything i don't see anything she's like oh jody had to step out for a second okay george is like oh okay thank god like she's gone or he's gone and she's like oh Just kidding, there he is, right outside the window. And there were two glowing red eyes right outside the window. Oh, wow. So George screams. Kathy runs in to save the day, grabs a chair, and smashes the window with it. Wow. So as clear as day, they hear a pig squeal, and all of a sudden, the glowing red eyes were gone.
1: Wow. That's kind of shocking that it was that easy.
0: Well, this this is not the end of Jody.
1: Okay, okay, okay. I was like, wow, that was pretty. Also, wait, question. Yes. you said that all the windows had been like smashed in, but then like also Kathy like using a chair to smash the windows.
0: Oh, um, I guess maybe maybe not all of the windows had been smashed, but like a good amount of so, them. Most
1: of them.
0: Yeah. Like okay, in- I wasn't sure if I single-
1: if I. I thought I caught the Letts family in a lie. I was like, did I just break the code?
0: (laughs) No, I maybe that was just me misreporting. I I think maybe a lot of the like downstairs windows especially had been broken because they said like the entire living room was soaking wet and like, so was the master bedroom and the sewing room.
1: Okay. I thought I did some, but I was (laughs) wrong.
0: You thought you disproved
1: a 50 year old mystery. I yeah I'm the missing piece the missing puzzle piece. <laughs> anyway.
0: Don't worry Sam Sam is on the case. <laughs> so So they all go back to bed and finally in the morning they get a little bit of good news and that is that George Kekaris will be here tomorrow which is insane. saying <laughs> So while Kathy's on the phone with him, she's observing Missy having like a very animated conversation with someone underneath the kitchen table and feeding it or at least offering it bites of a PB&J. Okay. So Kathy hangs up the phone with George and she's like, "Who are you talking to, Missy?" And Missy's like, "Oh, I'm just talking to Jody." And Kathy's like, "Hey, Missy, remember when you asked me if angels can talk?" And Missy's like, yeah. And she's like, is Jody an angel? Is that why you asked me that? And Missy said, yeah, he told me that he was an angel. And Kathy was like, well, does it look like the one that we put on top of the Christmas tree? And Missy's like, no, Jody's a pig. And she's like, well, what do you and Jody do? Do you guys play games? And Missy's like, no, but he tells me about the little boy who used to live in my room he got sick and he died and kathy's like oh and missy continues and she's like jody says i'm gonna live here forever so that i can play with him
1: okay so so, well my first first of all why was this conversation not had between mother and daughter like a month ago like when i don't know
0: I guess because they finally kind of put it together last night that like maybe that there was like an actual entity that their daughter was talking to and it wasn't just and an wasn't. imaginary friend.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And okay. Like, what I'm I'm just wondering what Jody wants because like obviously Jody is very interested in Missy, but I just don't know what the end goal is.
0: Well, I think it's pretty clear from this conversation that Jody wants at least Missy to stay in this house forever. So, like, right. in this house. Yeah, that's not good. No, that to that's me says that Jody is a demon, like, 100%. Yeah.
1: I'm getting you know? so creeped
0: out right now. And also, like, this is just another little point that, like, an argument that you could make, um so demons like technically in catholic i guess mythology are fallen angels so if jody's introducing himself to missy as like an angel it's technically like not a lie does that make right
1: because he was an angel
0: at some point yeah so anyway that's just a little side note there So, of course, that concerns Kathy, and she brings it up to George that night, and they're sitting in the living room talking, discussing Jody, and Harry, who's back outside, alerts them to something in the boathouse, but when they go out there, nothing is there. Okay. January 13th, 3.15 a.m., George wakes up to the marching band again, but the family is sleeping through it. Somehow he falls back asleep through all the racket and Kathy wakes George up a short while later claiming that he was screaming in languages she could not identify until she touched him and then he stopped screaming and said, it's in Chris's room, which is really freaky. But the next morning they talk to Chris and he tells them that he had to go upstairs to use the bathroom Although that he was sleeping in their room because for some reason their bathroom was locked. And when he got upstairs, he could see through the floor into the master bedroom.
1: Wow. What? So okay. it was kind
0: of like he was um like astrally projecting. That's what I took that to mean.
1: Okay. But wow. there's never
0: like an explanation given as to what that could have possibly been. Okay. So George that's the last straw for him between that and jody there's too many incidents with the kids so he packs everyone up into the van he packs harry away and they all get in the van and it won't start no matter how they try full tank of gas won't start and a torrential downpour forces them back inside and it becomes okay. naturally dark inside the house which could just be the thunderstorm but it also could just be something very sinister
1: it definitely could be something sinister
0: so that night the walls begin to ooze again that green slime Oh, not the ooze (laughs) and the house heated up to 90 degrees which is i would be freaking miserable because i think i've said this before on the podcast i can't function anything over like 75 in that you know no way no way i know 90
1: 90 (laughs)
0: degrees (laughs) And so then it finally broke at around ten p.m., and the entire house dropped to around sixty degrees, which is freezing. For a house is sixty degrees is freezing.
1: Wow, oh my gosh, what is going on? Why did (laughs) I like how they like decided that they were going to leave once and for all, and the car didn't start, so they didn't just like like I would have just walked right like he <laughs> yeah walk at that point I I but think whatever
0: I, I think I would have um but finally the the heat is broken they're freezing so they all pile into the master bedroom again and around 1 a.m the whole family falls asleep but George is kind of just up thinking about everything and watching them and he realizes that he should have left left sooner and um you know listened to father Mancuso And he just, without
1: thinking, says, God help us. So. And that's him invoking Jesus, right? So, oh, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Kathy,
0: George, and Missy were all in the master bedroom, but Danny and Chris were in their upstairs bedroom. Okay. So... so, as soon as he says god help us kathy still sleeping lifts her head to look in the mirror and that's another creepy thing about this house is that the master bedroom has mirrors on every wall from floor to ceiling oh wow that's a a design choice horrible design choice freaky and they also say um that you should never have like i don't know if, if you believe in this but you should never have two mirrors facing each other because it can create a portal. We've talked about I've that. Heard,
1: I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that could be part of it. We don't know. Um, she tur- she lifts her head and goes to look in the mirror. She gets out of bed and she starts to head for the hallway, but Harry is blocking her path. Okay. And George gets up and he wrestles her back into bed, but Harry now has gotten up and begins to like retch and throw up i know so he's kind of going through it george who's who has now gotten back into bed after cleaning up the throw up is now alerted to a noise on the third floor and it sounded like the boys beds were sliding back and forth on the ground so like kind of that would
1: be be a really gross sound i don't like that
0: yeah like almost like nails on a chalkboard but like a million times worse right exactly so george tries to get out of bed to check what's going on but he can't get out of bed and he's just kind of like restrained he just has no strength to get out of bed and all of a sudden he feels like someone is stepping on him but it's not feet it's like hooves it's a lot more concentrated than feet and he can kind of feel like the the hoof i guess like nails nails? yeah i don't know (laughs) pressing into his chest and his arms
1: Oh, wow. That must be a weird sensation.
0: Yeah. So he's laying there and he can hear all the doors and all the drawers in the house begin to slam. And he says that he passed out from fright, but he came to with Danny and Chris standing over him, shaking him awake and saying that there was something in their room. Oh, no. And that something was a faceless monster that tried to get them, but they ran away. So now George has regained his strength. He's able to get out of bed, and he goes to the staircase. And at the top of the stairs was a figure completely cloaked in white, pointing at him. So, oh, where the have we seen rim. exactly? But in white, where have we seen this before? Well, I'll With- talk-
1: okay, yeah, tell me.
0: Remember when Kathy and George were sitting in the living room and. The fire started to like freak out the first time, and it burned the image of right. a white figure into the back of the fireplace.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's back. that's
0: it. That's a wrap. um Whole family and Harry run for the van, and they speed out of the driveway. They desert the house at seven a.m. on January fourteenth, and they never went back. Um, they went to go stay at Kathy's mother's. And everyone was relieved until a trail of green slime appeared on her stairs.
1: No. No. So. <laughs> no. That's it.
0: So now I'm going to give you like the post, post-haunting little tale that I have for you.
1: Yes, please.
0: Okay. February 18th, so about a month after they moved out, there was a team of five that held a seance. Um, psychics Mary Pascarella and Albert Riley, George Kekeris, and Ed and Lorraine Warren. Okay. So after they they held a seance at 3:30 a.m. and immediately Riley began to have heart palpitations and shortness of breath. Kekeris was violently ill and had to leave. And I'm gonna quote Lorraine Warren. And what she had to say about this house. She said, Okay. Quote, and this is still from the book The Amityville Horror by Jay Anson. She said, quote, whatever is here, in my estimation, most definitely of a negative nature. It has nothing to do with anyone who had once walked the earth in human form. It is right from the bowels of the earth. So that's pretty clear to me that it's a demon. Right. right? She has detected a demon in this house but one of the most it's argued to be one of the most clearest the clearest one of the most clearest one of the most clear one of the most clear um photographs ever taken that proves quote-unquote paranormal activity was going on in this house and it is of a little boy peeking around a doorway and it was taken immediately after the seance i'll post it on instagram To me, it's pretty convincing, but that could just be wishful thinking. I'll let, I'll see what you guys think.
1: Okay. Oh, I'm honestly nervous to even look at it. (laughs) (laughs) And now
0: um, just a follow up on the family and some of the more important characters. Good Friday of 1976, Father Mancuso recovered from his little bout of pneumonia and he transferred to a parish that is far away from Amityville. That's smart. Good. Good for him. I'm happy for him. Missy still won't talk about Jody. It, like, freaks her out to this day. Um, But Danny and Chris can and will describe the entity that chased them from their room. Kathy won't talk about the house at all. And George still insists that it was real, and he warns other people about buying houses that are haunted or could be infested with demons. So... That's the Amityville horror. Now, let me take you into some of the claims as to whether or not it could be a hoax. Okay. So, after the whole ordeal, George and Kathy met with William Weber, who was, if we remember, Ronnie DeFeo's attorney, to discuss right. a dual book proposal on the murders and then also the haunting, but they didn't want the proceeds going to DeFeo, which is kind of Contradictory because they initially contacted Weber because they believed that they could provide some insight as to the effect the house may have had on DeFeo.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So they kind of were under the impression that maybe they could back up his insanity plea. Um, but they left this deal because they said they felt pressured by Weber. Weber says that he believes that they were trying to make a commercial venture and that none of he believes that nothing in the house happened so they instead went to jay anson they never signed a contract with him so even though the book sold six million copies and the film was a huge box office success they only made about three hundred thousand so okay it it does sound like a lot of money but six million copies and a huge box office hit to make three thousand dollars in today's money is like—I want to say—not that much.
1: Did I don't you say th- three hundred thousand or three thousand.
0: Three hundred thousand.
1: Okay. It's like yeah. I was gonna say if it was three thousand, I would be like, bro. But yeah, three hundred thousand. Yeah, it's a hefty sum. But you're right. When you, if you were to calculate how much the book made and how much the movie made it would probably be a very 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 small percentage of that right exactly so so that for me kind of casts out
0: a financial motive but george has admitted that some of the scenes in the movie and the book were blown out of proportion just to get it to sell which is and honestly they don't seem like that blown out of proportion. The one example that he gave was the green slime on the walls were actually only gobs of a gelatin-like substance that were found on the rug. So, so still kind of weird. It's not quite green slime oozing down the walls and they didn't find green slime dripping from the mom staircase, you know?
1: Okay, yeah. Um. However, more
0: mediums have had visited the house in past years and most of them mimicked the same story of a native american burial ground or like isolation area but local tribes have shown doubt in this story most of them while not denying like the historical use of the land say that this story kind of like paints their tribe in a bad picture that they would even have spirits that would like possess people so It's not a story that they like getting passed around. And finally, one of the other points that are made about the uh, whole thing being a hoax is that DeFeo actually came out in prison and admitted to lying about the voices to pad his insanity plea. So, okay, what do you think? You've got three minutes before the Zoom call runs out.
1: Okay. Long story short. Um. Mm, I don't know and now I don't know now I don't know I do think that there is a solid case for both I (laughs) can see why I can totally see why someone would make this up for money and and or or it was started off as like a couple of little weird occurrences that got blown out of proportion but I can also see where this would really be something that happened especially with such a tragic backstory with the DeFeo murders so I'm going to say I genuinely, I know that this is a lame answer. I genuinely don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think it's my personal belief.
0: Yeah, let me hear. I don't think it's a black and white thing. I do think, obviously, George came out and said a lot of the things were blown out of proportion. I don't think that that many mediums and that many self-proclaimed spiritualists could have gone into this house and come out with the same story unbiased without there actually having been something underlying this house. I do think a lot of it was probably dramatized for the media. Right. But I do think that this house was haunted. And I do think that that picture of the little boy, I'll send it to you right after this episode i think that that is a very solid piece of proof i think a lot of the things with jody and missy's conversation with her or with him doesn't like it lines up too well to for a five year old to be making this up you know there's just a lot of too many there's too many occurrences for me to explain them all away so i think something happened in this house do i think that green slime oozed from the wall and a ceramic lion bit George's ankle. No, I don't. <laughs> I do think there was some kind of weird energy in this house though.
1: Okay. I think I completely agree. I think that's the perfect way to wrap it up. Like yes there was something. It didn't go maybe exactly as as the story goes, like you just said, but something happened here. Something exactly. weird. Exactly. So
0: Everyone, you're going to have to let us know your thoughts. We got to wrap this episode up. But please let us know what you thought of this series. If you want us to do more longer series like this, just let us know. Till next time, babies. Stay spooky. And we're just two ghouls creeping it real. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Uh, All right. (laughs) Bye. Bye.